0: for me, I've, I've have a practice of naming those things. So it doesn't actually move through my body with all that heat where all of a sudden you feel like, Oh, I'm so nervous that my it's taking over my body. And then it takes over my throat and then takes over my thoughts. Right? No, it's just like, here it is. Here's my humanness.
1: Hello, and welcome to Self Talk. My guest today is Amber Campion. She is a trauma-informed yoga yoga teacher, breathwork facilitator, and mindfulness-based life and leadership mentor. For more than a decade, Amber's work in the field of emotional intelligence, personal leadership, and self-discovery has led her to create embodied trainings, retreats, and online courses, supporting wisdom seekers to bring their full selves to the world. Thank you, Amber, for being on self-talk. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Yeah, so I would love to know, since there's a lot for us to talk about today, how did you get into your field and particularly um, this area of wisdom seekers bringing their full selves to the world?
0: <laughs> well, it's a long story. <laughs> okay, well, uh, but <laughs> but I yeah, but I can I can make it brief. Um, really, I moved to New York city when I was 20 years old Mm -hmm. and I had moved there to become an artist, which I still completely identify as an artist. Um, I had wanted to be a photographer, though. One thing led to another, some health issues that I've had. um, It really actually started in the physical realm, some health issues that I had. And long story short, I ended up uh, going to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York city to become a holistic health counselor. So that was in my early twenties. And that really, I mean, it really profoundly changed my life. And it also opened up the door to, you know, a door that I had never even considered, which is helping others. Mm -mm. And um, there's a, you know, a long, like this really could be a book of how it came about, but eventually I became a yoga teacher, um, eventually got my coaching certificate, studied NLP. So just, I think like many people in uh, in this more holistic type field, there's a fascination. Like, you know, you, you have something happen that changes your life so profoundly. Mm-hmm. And it oftentimes is something quite simple, like changing your diet. And so it's, you just want to sing it on the rooftops, like, wait a minute, right. this is really accessible. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and wellness is a journey And it's, you know, and it's on a spectrum, but it was just such a profound shift for me and not only changed things for me physically, but I really started to notice a shift in my mental and emotional world, Mm -hmm. which really was for me, my crutch. Mm -hmm. I really was held back a lot by just uh, what I call the itty bitty shitty committee, this (laughs) this inner voice, this inner critic that had a lot to say about Who I was and who I wasn't in the world. And it really dictated uh, my choices. It dictated the way I saw the world. Mm. It dictated uh, just my belief in myself. And so I really realized as I went down my journey that I wasn't bringing my full self to the world and became deeply passionate over the years to really help people see just how incredibly beautiful and wonderful and capable they are.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and really that's how this podcast got started. The name of it being self-talk is about that itty bitty shitty committee, you know, (laughs) that that's in your head, that's telling you, you know, again, what you can, what you can't do and how to work through that. So, um, what were some of, if you don't mind sharing, what were some of the, um, negative messages that were rolling around in your head when you got started?
0: Oh, gosh, no, I don't mind sharing at all. I talk about this quite a bit. Uh, and, you know, what I would say is it's not even what were the voices. They're still there. You know, okay. it's I actually listen to I love your podcast, by the way. I, I listen <laughs> yeah. to a lot of it around shadow work and mm-hmm. um agree so much with what you shared. It's It's really not about getting rid of this shadow side or this dark side or the That's inner right. critic, but That's it's right. about. Understanding it yeah. <laughs> and yeah. developing a relationship with it, mm-hmm. and w- so what has happened is I've developed what I call an inner leader as well. Okay. And over the years, that voice has become much more prominent, much louder. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the voice that typically is navigating my decisions these days. Okay. Uh, however, that that inner voice and that inner critic, the for me a whole committee, uh, still. Rears its head quite yeah. often, you know, it's like whenever you're stepping outside of your comfort zone, that voice is going to show up because it thinks it's protecting you, it thinks right. it's keeping right. you from harm. So for me, a really common one is around misunderstanding. Mm. Oh, you didn't make sense. Um, mm. and, and as a teacher and someone who does podcast interviews and writes, you know, I'm putting my voice out in the world quite a bit. And so right. Oftentimes that voice is like, oh, you didn't make any sense or people are going to oh. misunderstand you and and then you're going to harm them. Yeah. You're oh, gonna harm okay. them with your wow. words. Wow. That's a, neat, uh, that's a whole other level.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Wow. And I a, think you got I, a serious committee,
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I was younger, that misunderstanding was a little like that voice was a little harsher. I think my itty bitty shitty committee has started to be a little bit more eloquent as I get more eloquent, I think it used to be more like you're dumb,
1: you're stupid. Yeah, right. No one likes you. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And then, and then it gets really insidious. And, you know, the, the more you learn, the, the, the better, you know, I mean, the more articulate it gets to is like, well, you, think yeah. <laughs> you know, you think, you know, with some stuff, but you don't, you know, sit down. Right. And, yep. and so, and then you have uh, another voice that comes in, um, And 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 regulates that. Do you do you uh, do you have visualizations when you hear these voices? Like when I'm thinking of your committee, I'm thinking of like this long, (laughs) you know, like conference table and everybody's grumpy. (laughs) Yeah. What does it look like for you? Well, I've actually
0: done, and this is, this could be a beautiful exercise for your listeners. I've done an exercise around this. So I have a visual because it's not that I get spontaneous visuals of my itty bitty shitty committee or my inner leader. It's that I've actually drawn them out mm-hmm. and so or drawn them out. I would, just, the itty bitty shitty committee I drew out years ago, um, as kind of comical characters to bring okay. levity to it. Right. Because you Know anyone listening here knows that we can talk about it, you know, and even laugh about it, but when it's actually happening, it feels heavy, it feels yes. hard, it's really challenging. Yes, and so I had. Do you remember
1: the Fraggle Rocks? Are you familiar? Of course, with that? of course, I okay. remember the Fraggle it was. I had to say it was more my younger sister's generation, but I knew okay. about them, and it was great. I still remember the theme song, <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. my my inner critic is the Fraggle
0: Rocks. And so oh whenever I hear that voice, you can imagine they're so goofy looking. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. these little funny characters, these Muppets really. Right, right. And so it what it does is it allows me to laugh a little, to feel some lightness. Because if truly you had a bunch of Muppets telling you, now one understands you, you're not making sense. You would be like, oh you're God. so cute. <laughs> yeah, these little yeah. muppets, you know. Um and so drawing a picture of it, and oftentimes I find because I've I've offered this up to other people, it'll be like a little a little version of themselves, like a little girl or a little boy, mm-hmm. um, or sometimes the critic is like a kind of like a boss person and very right. uptight. But no matter what, I find that people end up if they can draw something that brings a sense of levity
1: to it, mm-hmm. it um, it just softens the blow. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's... then for. Yeah. I was just going to say humor is, is a uh, humor heals, you know? So yep. yeah, sorry, go ahead. And that's okay. And then for
0: my inner leader, it's uh, it's like a round table of all these people that I just find to be incredible and fascinating, like the Dalai Lama and Pema Chodron. Mm-hmm. So um, it can even be people that you do know personally, but people that you find be very wise mm. and that you're very drawn to their message. There's a reason we're drawn to people's messages. It's because that is part of us,
1: you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and Beautiful. so,
0: yeah, so there is
1: that that visual, which I do think really, really helps. Yeah, for sure. And And I think you made a really important point. It's not so much about shutting down. The, the negative, but rather keeping it where it belongs. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, you don't let, as we all say, we don't let it drive the bus, right? So, right. so um, it's a matter of saying, I acknowledge you, but you don't get to run the show. You know exactly mm. and that inner voice likely was
0: developed as you very well know when we were before we were even like six or seven years old oh yeah and so it would be like handing the keys to our four-year-old self and saying can you drive me safely into my future
1: <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> goes, goes oh. right into a wall <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah for sure great um so this is a great uh, I think segue into why do we do all this work and what does uh you you refer to the full self so what does full self mean to you?
0: oh I love this question. I love this question because I think some might think full self is just like all of the positives like mm-hmm. bring your most courageous, your most creative, your most right. empathetic, but what I'm really speaking to is all of it mm-hmm. the light and the dark, yeah, you know yeah um of also bringing your vulnerability, bringing Mm -hmm. your shame, really being willing to those parts of ourselves that we push away, that we um, shun, that we disassociate from to really have a relationship with it. Mm -hmm. Those parts Mm -hmm. of ourselves that we we say like, that's wrong about me, that anger, that jealousy, that worry. I just need to fix that part of myself and then everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. And so much of the work that I do with myself and others is about us getting real. We're having a human experience here. There's none of us here that don't walk around with something that feels challenging and difficult. And I find that when we talk about it Mm -hmm. and we bring it forth and we say, like, I'm I'm nervous right now. Like, like this is a good example Mm -hmm. before getting on your podcast. I always listen to my host's podcast before getting on to understand their voice, but I got really enthralled by yours and listened to like so many episodes. <laughs> I'm definitely a listener. Okay. And I got a little nervous, like, who I really like her podcast. And so then it brought up a little bit of like, am I good enough? Mm. But for me, I've, I've have a practice of naming those things. So it doesn't actually move through my body with all that heat where it, right. you know, all of a sudden you feel like, Oh, I'm so nervous that my it's taking over my body. And then it takes over my throat and then it takes over my thoughts. Right? No, it's just like, here it is. Here's my humanness.
1: Yes. What yeah. about
0: yours? Right? <laughs>
1: you know? Right. Exactly. And, and, and you've said a lot of really important things here, which is, you know what it means to be fully human. You know, if we were uh, you know, completely fully actualized uh cosmic beings, um, non-dual beings, there would be no need, right? And we wouldn't be able to experience all of those full range of emotions. And that's pretty boring, you know. So one mm-hmm. of the blessings I think we have as human beings is that we do get to experience the full range of emotions, but as you were saying, what do we do with them? You know, which are the ones that are propelling us forward and which are the ones trying to hold us back. Right. And, and they can coexist, but you know, which direction do you want to go in? So as you just described what that, what that, um, I don't necessarily think it was a fear, but concern, right. Of, of coming on the podcast and it's moving up and, you know, through your throat, of course, because that's where we, you know, it's our, our creative life force energy and our, our uh, ability to articulate and speak, then it's affecting your mind. So you see when, when that would if you had chose to go in that direct chosen to go in that direction you know, that Mm -hmm. you already know from your experience, this would be a waste of your time, you know what I mean? And that's, and you're not bringing your gift to the world, which is what this whole thing is about. So sometimes we really have to slow down and ask ourselves, you know, which direction do I want to go here? Yeah. You know, what's, what's the real purpose of, of taking that leap forward. And as you said, like stepping out of your comfort zone, why am I doing that? What's the purpose of right. that, you know, to move forward? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your work more specifically. So you <laughs> offer um, a program called uh, Dynamic Release Flow. And I'm wondering if you might describe that for the listeners. What, what is that? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah so, it's a huge thing. I can't. <laughs> right. It's a
0: Dynamic Release Flow. It's also called Dynamic Release Method. Either either name works. It's a yoga practice. So I studied martial arts for many years and yoga and then became a yoga teacher. And I started to fuse kind of the philosophies of martial arts, some of the teachings that I got from martial arts into my own yoga practice. And over time realized I had, while it still very much looks like a yoga class, it is different in the way that I move, in the way that I really even think. And so dynamic release flow, we move through the pot from posture to posture and within the posture as though you're moving through thick salt water, much like a Qigong practice. Okay. So we're doing, if you can imagine, um, a a vinyasa class where you're flowing Mm. from posture to posture, but it's much slower than most vinyasa classes and we're softening in the joints. So much like when you're doing Qigong, soften even the finger joints Mm. really allowing for the, the prana or the chi to move more freely through the body, which Mm. often gets locked up in the joints Uh uh, so that we can awaken the subtle body. Plus by moving like that, it really encourages a slowing down of the breath, and the breath is really where we can access the subtle body. Mm. In fact, Qigong means breath work. Mm. And uh, we move very strong from our center as well. So in martial arts, everything originates from our dantian, from our center. Mm. Um, you know, you can have, you can be soft in the knee joints and then do an amazing kick because everything from your center is really strong.
1: right? And,
0: mm. and so the practice is quite strong. You might think, oh, it's like a qigong practice. So no, it's it's very powerful and very strong. It's we're just focusing on opening up into our subtle body. Mm-hmm. And this, what I find too, is when we do this, it's easier to drop into our body from our neck down. Because mm-hmm. over 16 years of teaching, what I can see is people, practitioners who've been practicing year after year are just they're getting on autopilot on their yoga mat Mm -hmm. or they are spending most of their practice in their body from their neck up in their head. Wow! And so for me, I was like, I want to develop something that can allow, you know, whether you are the seasoned practitioner or you're brand new to it, to really access that full, fully immersed, like, whoa, I am in it practice. Beautiful. And then we end the practice. Uh, we do it sometimes in the middle as well, like footwork, but we use. Uh, rubber balls and tennis balls to do self myofascial release. Oh which, nice. Yeah. Yeah, which is so powerful and you know there's so much science around the well-being that it has for your physical body, the longevity. Mm-hmm. You feel the effects of it immediately, especially after doing asana, you're even more open. But what's really great is in a, in the, about the past decade or so, we still have a long way to go for science to say yes, but they're starting to understand that the fascia might be the, the physical um, manifestation of our subtle body. So in other words, science is out trying to prove the energetic subtle body. Wow. And um, we do know that uh, fascia work does impact the nervous system. You can feel it when you do fascia work. And I always guide my students, like feel, notice what you're noticing, feel Mm -hmm. what you're feeling on the physical realm, but what else is changing? Right. how how is your emotional state how is your mental state yeah. and so fascia work i believe is this full mind body spirit wellness practice it's wonderful
1: yeah that's that's excellent and you know this is a lot of of the the work that i do as well even with psychotherapy that we are self regulating systems and when something is not in alignment we're designed to try to get back into alignment. I love what you're talking about the fascia because it is, I've done some fascia work before on myself, you know, with scraping and the whole, you know, the whole thing. Um, And it really does make a huge difference. So how lovely to to integrate that. But the idea of paying attention to your body as a resource Mm -hmm. for your healing, as opposed to just this thing we're carrying around that breaks down every now and again, you know, to, to actually work with it you know, and the spiritual part of it too, which kind of pervades everything, but the, you know, to, to really realize that the mind is in service to the body and, and this is, this is where, this is where the, where the action happens, you know? So it's really important to, to, um, uh, we can, you know, we can work with trauma in the body, obviously that's becoming much more, um, accepted now, like trauma work with, but with, I mean, can you speak a little bit to that and what you've experienced? I mean, people who come in with trauma and and it's clearly in the body, it's not in memories and mind, you know, I mean, yeah. it is, but, but that's not where it lives. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Well, you're right. It's so much, you know, I've been doing this for 16 years and in the past five years or so, I'm, I, in fact, now I even have quite a few one-on-one clients who are psychotherapists mm-hmm. and they're coming in because they want to understand more uh, somatic therapy and how, how trauma lives in the body and, and the tools that they could bring to their clients. And it's so interesting to me that it's becoming so pervasive that I'm getting, you know, psychologists who are coming in, but yeah, absolutely. That, you know, we can feel that I I was just thinking when you were sharing, like, imagine a client come, how much more open and receptive we feel, when we're in our bodies, when we're in the, the way I talk about it is like, we're in two places. We are either in our body from our neck down or we're in our body from our neck up. Mm -hmm. And when we're in our body from our neck up, we're armored. We Mm. are, we're carrying the past, the past traumas from the little T trauma to the big T trauma, depending on everyone's individual circumstances, but we're, we're, we're coming armored. And so it, it takes more time and more work to peel that off if we're not mm-hmm. in our bodies. Yeah. When we drop down into our bodies, it's it's like we say, okay, I can let I can let that off my shoulder, mm-hmm. and I can let that off. And why it's more vulnerable? Yes, we can we can penetrate deeper. To the source of where there is something, some residue, something still holding on and saying, Mm -hmm. "I need to believe this. I need this story, or I will die." Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we get closer to the source of that and actually start doing the work to dissipate it. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I do a lot of things too with people where we'll do some kind of body work process first, whether that's asana or breath work or myofascial release even just a small amount 10 minutes and then go into some kind of shadow work process Mm -hmm. and it is wildly different the outcome again because people have unarmored themselves
1: yes yeah beautiful yeah so something else uh, that you um that you work with which I think I I don't see very often and I was really happy to see it on your website is ritual Mm -hmm. right so so could you explain for the listeners a little bit about how you incorporate ritual ritual into your practice?
0: Yeah. Well, for me, I I think routine used to be something that I used as almost this, um, like very Western type, a personal development, like, I'm using this to show myself and show the world that I'm good. I'm good enough. And it became, I started to really notice that the things that I did, like what I did in the morning or what I did in the evening, or my writing practice was about this very, um, and I love structure and I I love discipline. In fact, I I believe that the definition of discipline is remembering what you want. That's Mm -hmm. all it is because Mm -hmm. as humans, we forget again and again, and it's coming back and remembering But for me, I, I, I found this hardening and this contraction around this idea of routine and, and also it didn't give space for me to change, you know, you'd be like, okay, I have a morning routine. I get up at this time and I do this practice, but then the second it doesn't feel right. Or you fall off, you like judge yourself and you what's wrong with me. And everything that goes bad now is because I made that horrible decision that not to do that routine that way anymore but I find that we are much more transient beings and we have seasons in our life Mm -hmm. where certain things make sense and where they don't, that I find that there needs to be a lot more forgivingness on ourselves around things and a lot more listening, a lot Mm -hmm. more listening, like what's true for me right now. Yes. Yes. So the word ritual really started to come into my life Mm -hmm. and, um, I, now I even have um, an offering called Ritual. It's a little membership, and we just meet two times a month. We meet on or near the newer full moon, mm-hmm. which I find to be really beautiful times to just because it you know you can connect with the with the with nature and life mm-hmm. and go okay just two times a year I'm gonna convene with myself and really go deep. And mm-hmm. we do embodiment practices and we do journaling and we do sharing and it is really about the full self because it's very vulnerable from tears to laughter. It's a very human experience. Mm. But I integrate rituals in so many ways like I have a something I call a tiny writing ritual mm-hmm. where I, I write poetry as well and I've been wanting to do a poetry book forever and again, I was going with that, path of like, get a writing routine going and, you right. know, every day, write For one hour. And just so you know, this may work wonderfully for some people, but it wasn't mm. working for me. Sure. Right. And I was finding myself really like being very down on myself about it mm. and having that voice be like, see, you don't even want to be a writer. Like, look at, you'll never do it because mm. you can't be consistent in the way the world has told you, you have to be yeah. consistent. Yeah. And So I started to create, well, what if I just open up um, my word document, write a word, like we'll write a word like grief. And then I just take like two minutes to just jot down all the words and all the images and all the things that come up around grief. And then I write a poem in five minutes. Mm -hmm. And so the tiny ritual is this tiny ritual. Literally, it takes me sometimes five minutes to 15 minutes. If I get really in the flow, 30 minutes. And so I have a tiny writing ritual that I do. And it's not even like every day, it's more like three to five times a week, Mm -hmm. but I find it to be very accessible because I know that if I even just go in for five minutes, I, to me, I feel accomplished. Yeah, I'm like, I did it. And so little rituals like that. And it feels, it doesn't feel like a should to me, I guess, the difference for me between a routine and a ritual is a routine feels like a should. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of laced with I'll be better when. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then a ritual feels like, While it can still be challenging to arrive, because I think that's the hardest thing in life is just to start (laughs) just (laughs) to arrive, like just opening the word document is always the hardest part. Just actually just doing the one second action of opening it is the hardest part every time. Mm -hmm. But it feels like mine. Mm -hmm. It's really, you know, like even just think of how I, what I described to you, it's so particular to me. No one's, no one's, no personal development person is going to come around and be like, (laughs) you know, maybe three days a week, maybe five days, whatever you're feeling, anytime you want, maybe five minutes, maybe 15 minutes.
1: Right. But it's really where I'm at right
0: now. And now I almost have
1: a book complete. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And I, I love the approach to that too, which is um, it's not so much about, I have to do this every single day, it's that I'm, you know, I'm listening to when I am called to do it. And that, you know, when you give yourself, it's it's paradoxical almost, when you give yourself the freedom not to do it, but you remember why you're doing it, then you want to do it. And then it becomes much much more authentic. Yeah.
0: And I love what you said, because it's still, and I want to be really clear, it's still requires discipline but it's from a different it's reframing it it's remembering what you want and I always right before I sit down and open a word document I'm like I and I reconnect with my why Mm -hmm. but it it feels more sacred it's not about I'll be better when I'll be good enough when I have a book out it's not coming from that energy it's Mm -hmm. coming from like oh You know, and I remember the poems that I've read in yoga classes, and people come up and are crying and saying, "Can I have that poem?" You know, I Mm -hmm. that's my why. Yeah, I I remember the little girl in me who started writing poetry when she was like eight years old. Obviously, I wasn't doing that (laughs) for anything other than myself, right? Of course, medicine for me. You know, yeah,
1: absolutely, and and all of that is connection anyway. You know, with with our fellow human beings, right? Beautiful. So how can people find you? Well, I have a website and all my things are there.
0: dot I also have a few gifts there. And the secret that I always tell people is if you're like, oh, I like that gift because I have three different gifts on my homepage. Mm. But when you sign up for one of those gifts, you actually, the first email I send out is, Hey, you might've signed up for this gift, but no matter what you get all three. Mm. So really just If you're interested in any of those gifts. And then the other thing I say, obviously you'll be on my email list, but my email list is very much my style. I'm not, it's not there. I'm not sending out like sales emails. It's more like my writings. It's, Mm. it's, it's, um, informing, educating, inspiring. And then of course, at the bottom of that, if I have something like my membership is open or a workshop is happening, I'll share that. Okay. But I often get people saying, I'm, I really love being on your email list because I am inspired by your emails." So I do my
1: best to make sure every email actually is something of value. Beautiful. And I'm going to post those links in the show notes. Uh, so make, to make sure everybody uh, we'll have access to them. Thank you for the, for the gifts. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there's also a way to find you on Instagram and Facebook. I understand as well. So we'll have those links there as well. Beautiful. Amber Campion, thank you so much for joining us on self-talk.
0: Thank you, Rachel. Uh.